Welcome to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, where each week we simplify the complexities of your leadership journey. We hope you enjoy this episode and we encourage you to download the show notes and follow along. Welcome to everyone listening and thanks for joining us for another episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. We have an epic show locked in for you today, and we want you to get the most out of it, so we absolutely encourage you to download the show notes and follow along as we dive in. My name is Scott, and I'm here with a forever trying to wear flip-flops, even though it's ridiculously (laughs) cold all the time in the Midwest, Dr. Michael (laughs) David Morales, a.k.a. Mo. Hey, Scotty. Uh, Good to be here, and yes, I would love to be wearing flip-flops right now, but it is much too cold. Let's talk about leadership. Let's do it. Uh, I'm pretty excited to be back for another episode. I haven't seen too many of the reviews saying uh, to get rid of the new guy, so I thought I would come back. (laughs) In today's episode, um, you're going to kind of continue on from last week, but really help us understand practical applications um, for what we discussed in the previous episode. Uh, This episode isn't exactly a sequel, kind of sounds like it, but it's close. Uh, It's kind of like Home Alone 3. So unpopular (laughs) opinion, I I actually really did enjoy that movie. Yes. Um, You don't get uh, Macaulay Culkin in it, but at the same time, it kind of sticks to it. Uh, Those core elements that resemble the previous two movies are are still there, but the cast and the setting are different. The main thing, though, (laughs) is that even in that movie, you learn some good practical ways to deal with home intruders. So considering all that, I think we have to start with a uh, quick recap. So here we go. Let's do it. Previously on the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Uh, We had an extensive chat discussing the three goals of an aspiring leader. Uh, The first one we talked about was developing strong communication skills. Uh, So essentially those help us convey ideas and vision to our team, but also builds trust, can help resolve conflicts and inspire others. Uh, That second topic that we hit on last time was creating a positive, inclusive work environment. We talked a lot about collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. So working together, utilizing strengths of different individuals to complete a goal, complete a vision. And then lastly was developing those strong leadership skills. And this is really what we're diving into a a lot deeper today. And these skills are going to help to grow us as leaders as as we intentionally walk along this leadership journey together. Yeah, well, uh, let me, that was a great recap. And speaking of great movies, as Scotty said, if you have not seen Home Alone 3, you've got to see it. I have (laughs) never heard my dad laugh so loud at a movie. It is, it is the best, I've got to say it, it's the funniest. I mean, of course, it's not Macaulay Culkin in number one or two. I mean, you can't do that. But it is hilarious. And if you haven't given it a shot because it doesn't have Macaulay in it, you got to give it a shot. And you will not be disappointed so anyway chances are um you're not the top dog at your company and so you know you have somebody else that you report to and they have expectations for you and that in turn affects the way that you lead your team and your team might be one person it might be two or three or, or more so here's a couple of practical ways that we're talking about today in developing strong leadership skills to lead your team and here's the first one scotty the first one is this set clear goals I can't tell you how many times I talk to leaders who do not have clear goals set in front of them. This is an absolute team killer. You stop your leadership right in its tracks if you don't have the goals set before you. So you have to establish clear and measurable goals and then you have to make sure that they align with the organization's mission and vision. And again, whoever you report to has to be a part of this process, very important. You need to have a meeting with that person 
on a regular basis. Now, what if that's once a week or once a other week or whatever? What, what does that mean to have conversations with them on a regular basis? You have to figure out within the culture of your organization how to set those clear goals and your people are going to get frustrated if you don't and rightly so. So for those of you who don't know where to start and you've never been one to set goals or expectations for yourself, here's a couple of practical tips to get started. And remember, this isn't the only way to do it, but it's a great place to start if you are kind of stuck. And here it is. Define your vision and your values. Start by identifying what matters most to you uh, in your work and in your personal life. What are your long-term goals? What do you hope to achieve in the future? What values do you want to uphold in your personal and professional relationships? Take time to reflect on these questions and it's going to make something meaningful and help you set motivational and motivating goals that align with your values and aspirations. So think of it this way. Um, what is it that you do that gives you, you know, the most life? So when I'm sitting here with Scotty, I, I'm, I'm asking, Scotty, what, what is it that is in your life that gives you, that is life-giving to you? Now, that, that might, might be clear for Scott. It might not be. It might not be clear for you listening. It might be. But we have to keep this in mind. And I was told this from a young age. you got to learn how to pay your dues. <laughs> Whatever your vision and value, you have to know that you're going to have to pay dues in your life. We live in a society where people just want to be given stuff without earning it. And, and that's not what we're about here. And that's not what leadership is about. But I would say that that's part of, you know, for another, uh, another podcast. But there's a ton of ways for you to figure out your vision and your values. Because, because Scott, that's, that's a question I get all the time. Mo, how do I figure out my vision and my values? And you could actually, as easy as Google it, pull it up, a list of values. Just type in list of values and they'll come up. And then start looking and seeing which ones are important to you. For instance, one of the exercises I take aspiring leaders through is this. I give them a huge list of values and I tell them, look, circle your favorite 20 of these. Then we talk about it and then they, you know, choose, you know, this one and that one. And I say, you got 20 here. Why do you have these 20? Then we narrow it down and then we narrow it down and then we narrow it down. And in fact, at the end, the list is always only allowed to be a top three. And all the other values end up falling underneath those three. So you're not giving up those other values, the, the other 17. They're going to fit within the three most important things in your life. So, Scott, what would you say, for instance, so let's just do, let's just do an exercise right now. Scott, what would you say that one of your values in life is not necessarily even a top three, but what's something that you would just say is really important to you? Yeah, that's uh, that's an absolutely great question. Um, as I as I kind of start to think as you're talking, I think through all of these different values. Yeah. Where do I find myself? What do I what do I feel like I value the most? The thing that that really keeps popping in my head is is empathy. Mm. Um, I feel like we could do an entire podcast episode on the importance of empathy and its lack of presence really in today's world. Uh, but I'll, I'll get off my soapbox on that for now. We could do that another time, maybe with another pot of coffee or three or four. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but but overall, I, I think I picked empathy because I find it greatly beneficial when it comes to the care that I provide in my workplace. Uh, but even really more so than that, in conversations with my wife, with others, uh, to me, I really see empathy as something that enables me to listen well and a crucial contributor to my ability to, to build rapport with individuals. So really empathy, that's that first thing that jumps into my head, definitely a value that I hold in high esteem, probably in, in my top. You see, and, and for Scott, 
that's a great place to start. And for you out there, what came to mind when I was talking about those those values and writing those down? Whatever came to your mind is probably at least in, in the top 20, right? So if you write down your values and you keep them in front of you, I mean, write them on a piece of paper, put them on your bathroom uh, mirror, put them in your car, put them in your cubicle work, whatever. I promise you, you're going to start moving toward these values. And the more you do it, the closer you get. And that's why I'm always reading, listening, associating with people that I know that have those same kind of values that I have or that I want because I want to be better. And there's no better way to get better than to keep those values in front of you. So the question for our listeners is, what is in front of you right now that is going to be the influence on your values? Well, then I, I would say I'm actually sitting pretty nicely because coffee is what's in front of me right now. Um, <laughs> Always. And in, in, in my professional, well-grounded, uh, historically accurate opinion, it can only be a positive influence on my values. Now, you, you, you said you said uh, well-grounded. Was that a, was that a pun? Coffee? Uh, we're going to go with yes. Absolutely. It definitely was. <laughs> <laughs> then it was a good one. It was. Uh, so... After we kind of define our vision and our values more so than just coffee, uh, what else can we do? The next part is this. Develop a plan of action. And man, let me tell you, people hate this one. Because once you have it in front of you, you got you to gotta do it. So once you have the clear vision and the values in mind, it's time to develop that plan of action. Break your goals down into smaller, actionable steps that you can work on consistently over time. Consider what resources and support you're going to need to achieve those goals and create a timeline to track your progress. As you work towards those goals, be sure to stay flexible. Always stay flexible. In fact, one of my mentors said, well, blessed are the flexible because they shall not be broken. And that is the plan that you need. And so for those of you who are out there and you already have a good grasp on setting goals, but you just need to get a little bit further down the road and, and you are one of those people that says, man, I'm kind of already on that way. I'm going to recommend that you read this book. It's called Goals. Shockingly, right? It's called Goals. No brainer. <laughs> How to get everything you want faster than you ever thought possible. It's by one of my favorite authors of all time, a guy named Brian Tracy. And he has a ton of awesome books, all of which I've read. But this particular book, Goals, is 300 pages of wonderful goodness all about setting goals and getting stuff done. So I'm telling you, it's a life changer. And dare I say, Scotty, it's in Moe's Fab Five. Okay, all right. So <laughs> we we have to let the listeners in on this because uh, Mo and I really have this, this running joke. Uh, we've been meeting for a while now, and, and mm -hmm. if you've <laughs> listened to this podcast uh, time and time again, You've, you've read uh, and or received Mo's newsletter. Um, you know that he always encourages individuals to read, including me, because like he says, all leaders are readers. Yes. And he is forever telling me that every book he recommends are in his Fab Five. Fab, of course, <laughs> meaning fabulous. Fabulous. In reality, Mo has a top 50 uh, yep. that is made up of anywhere from really 80 to 150 books. And <laughs> within that, Mo has a Fab Five. So be warned, if you're ever talking with Mo and he tells you to start reading a book um, that he says is in his Fab Five, in all honesty, it, it may or may not be in his Fab Five. It is more than likely within his top 50, which at the same time can contain anywhere from 80 to 150 books, give or take, depending on the day. <laughs> well, yeah, I, there's probably some truth to that. But 
for, for those of you out there who, who need to start with, with something bite-sized, I, I would say, you know, he, there's easy ways to get moving. And so if you're not ready to read a 300-page book, which I know uh, when I was younger, I wasn't ready to do that, start with an article. And I was looking at some of my, my, my favorite, most, re- most recent articles that I've read, and there's one uh, from a place called Leaders Excellence, and it's called Four P's of Goal Setting. And it's actually in the show notes, so you can actually just click on it and read through it. And it says, it's as simple as it sounds. The author goes into four steps of really keeping the process concise. But let me break it down even further for the, the sake of this podcast. Here are two steps. We went from 300 pages, Scotty, down to, to, to four. Now we're down to two right here. Okay, so here's two steps um, that, that you need to do. Here's the first one of the two. Write down your goals. One of the best quotes, right? Everything's the best that I've ever heard, the best I've ever read, right? But one of the best quotes that I've ever heard, and certainly about goals, is this. A dream written down with a date becomes a goal. It's by a guy um, named Greg Reed, and, and he, he put some really cool stuff out. But he's not the only one who said it, and there's a ton of different ways to say it, but this is a great way to say it for sure. A dream written down with a date becomes a goal. So here's the simple question for our our listeners out there. Have you written down your goals? If you're not accustomed to to writing down your goals, just start with one goal. And depending on your personality, it might make make you feel some kind of way. But for me, since I'm really uh, achievement driven, it made me almost break into a sweat because it became real at the very moment that I saw it sitting there on the page from my own hand and my own pen. And so um, I, I don't know what it is for you out there, but I would love to hear about it. Yeah, well, uh, if you've listened to the last episode, you would know that I am uh, still not great at setting goals. So if you're listening to this episode and you're like, man, I, I've never done that before, you are not alone. And it is that it really is a process. Uh, I know I'll get there sometime soon, just kind of building into it. But right now I'm concentrating really on two things that Mo always talks about. And that is making journaling and reading a routine, which I guess kind of could be a goal in its own way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Haven't necessarily written that down, but maybe I definitely (laughs) will after this episode. That's right. Um, But our question really to everyone listening is, is how are all of you at setting goals? Um, You know, you can feel free to shoot us an email or comment on our show's page and, and let us know, even if you're not great at it. I mean, I'm full, honest, well admitting that I am not stellar at setting goals, still on this journey myself. Uh, and we would just really love to hear from you guys. No lie. So, Mo, I know that setting goals really kind of isn't enough. It's that <laughs> first step. Yep. And it's really simple for me to sit here and, and say, uh, I'm going to write down my goals. Mm-hmm. And really, I think my first goal would be, I'm going to write down my goals. <laughs> but to my dismay, there's no world of magic kind of hidden away uh, like you would find in, in a Harry Potter novel. So <laughs> what do we do with these goals kind of once we've, we've written them out? How do we put that into, into action? Yeah, so after, I mean, writing it down is really the, the, the hardest part. But once you do that, you write it down, you do this. You get moving on your goals. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes for you to get closer, even just by a little bit each day. Once you know what's important to you, you can start to take steps that get you closer to those goals. How? Well, if you know where you're going, then you can move in the right direction. Or as one of my mentors said, Mo, I can't, I can't move a parked car. 
just mm. get moving and, 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 and we can start steering and, and moving it in the right direction. So make a promise to yourself that each day you're going to do at least one little task that gets you closer to your goal or goals. Even if it's something really, really small, at least you're moving closer. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a game changer. Yeah, that, that honestly makes a lot of sense. So it's kind of that that idea that everybody knows where it's it's not a marathon, it's a it's a sprint. Well, I think the saying is actually it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. <laughs> right. But in reality, you don't just go out and try to run a marathon just right away. Uh, it, yep. it does a lot better if you try to kind of run around the block first or run to your fridge or something <laughs> like that, those small steps. That's right. So if we're kind of looking back at what we've talked about so far, door number one was set clear goals and then you kind of gave us some practical ways that we can really put that into action, those those first few steps that we can do. So, Mo, what's behind door number two for us today? So the second thing is this. You need to develop your own critical thinking skills. And I'm telling you, this one is important. You have to become a critical thinker. And so to become a critical thinker, you need to start by learning by doing. Don't just let life happen to you. I, I always tell people that over the years, I've been taught by my mentors, especially Kevin, to always know what you're going to do in a situation and how do you do this? You have to live life. You can't know every situation and there's always going to be something new that pops up and you're going to be thrown for a curve. But the more you experience life as a leader, you're going to start to be able to analyze situations in a different way because things are going to start being a little bit similar. And this helps to make, helps you to make informed decisions and ultimately helps you get results for your company, uh, for the people that you lead, uh, and, and that's going to be lasting. And then it's going to really help your leadership. So remember, one of the best ways to improve your skills is to practice them. So for example, if you want to improve your public speaking skills, then, I, I don't know, join Toastmasters, where you'll have opportunities to practice speaking in front of crowds, and then you're going to get immediate feedback. And I'm telling you, if you've never spoken to God immediate feedback, wow, it's crazy and it's awesome. And similarly... If you want to improve your writing skills, you can just start know, start a blog or commit to writing down uh, writing stuff down regularly. I know, Scott, one of the things that we did when we first started uh, sitting down together is I said, you need to have a leadership journal. And he said, well, what am I going to put, it, put in that? I said, any little le- leadership tidbits, stories, thoughts, I mean, just start by writing stuff down. And now, months later, that thing is starting to fill up. So by practicing these skills, you're going to build your confidence and you're going to improve your abilities. Yeah, I've got uh, Scotty P's big book of leadership. So it sits <laughs> in my backpack, goes with me everywhere. Um, so that I'm well prepared. Um, side story before I really kind of get into this next uh, this next topic I was going to hit on here. But I just want to say, when I originally heard of Toastmasters Club, I legit thought it was uh, had to do with toast. And I got excited. <laughs> and it definitely does not. And that was a surprise for me. So... <laughs> Uh, kind of like you were saying, though, yeah. most individuals really are not inherently good at certain things. And right. You have to practice at them. I think a lot of us can remember our, our first time when we tried out for a certain sport or a certain club. We might have enjoyed it, but not really been that great at it. Mm-hmm. And it really reminds me of when I was first asked to teach. I'm not a trained teacher. Hmm. I did not go to school to be a teacher. Uh, but I was asked to to help out and kind of press into this position. And, and honestly, I was I was nervous. 
I wasn't a big fan of public speaking, like I think most people are, uh, but I really <laughs> knew that it would force me out of my comfort zone. And, and oftentimes I try to step into situations that will push me out of that comfort zone. So when I first stepped into that classroom, I had my PowerPoint presentations ready and read verbatim <laughs> from them, like word for word. I quickly came to realize that the great philosopher Dwight Schrute was correct when he said PowerPoints are the peacocks of the business world, all show, no meat. Uh, I really knew um, that I needed to change those things. My, my students were not engaged in the class. Uh, they were not paying attention at all. And for me, um, I was nervous the entire time. I sounded nervous. Mm. Um, I even, though the words were on the slide, I would forget where I was because there were so many words. And so I, I just decided to do a complete 180. Mm. I started practicing different forms of the same presentation. I included videos, I included class discussions, and even had my students journal uh, from time to time in response to topically related questions. Mm. And really all these different forms of practicing and, and the repetitive nature of the assignment enabled me to make the presentations my own and have that increased comfortability with public speaking. Uh, today, I, I don't necessarily shy away from it. I actually think it developed and created um, a strength for myself in public speaking, which sure. I know that's not for everybody, but um, that practicing is what enabled me to, to really step into that. So I don't know if I'll ever be a true fanatic of it, but I definitely am not quite as nervous for it anymore. And the mm. more I partake in it, the more I actively work on practicing it, the more confident, confident that I become and the easier that it gets. So moving on to kind of the next thing, Mo, Mo what's another practical tip that you have for us? Yeah, if you, if you really want to uh, develop your leadership and, and want to take a, an important tip, it, it would be this. You want to focus on building a strong team. And I've always been told, and I believe to the bottom of my core, you're only as good as the people that are working alongside you. So take a lot of time to recruit, train, and develop members on your team and help them to develop their skills so that they become better at what they do. Because let's face it, we all want a team that was built yesterday. And that's why I always tell people, I mean, really, you, you, you wish that you could have a team that was incredible, but to get there, you actually have to put the time in. There's a couple of uh, military guys that have said over the years that you don't go to war with the army that you want. You go to war with the army that you have. And that's where most of us are. We're either new, we're the new person, the new guy or girl at the company, or um, we, people on our team shift and they come and they go. But what you have to do is continually build that team. And finally, you're going to start to see some continuity. And if you continue to build your team and do what you can with the people that you can, you're going to help them to bring their skills to the table. And everybody's going to have different skills. And those people that are on your team need to be different than you. Do not get people on your team with all of your same strengths. I want people who are much different than me. Because as I mentioned in the last episode, Abraham Lincoln was a genius when it came to this. He found a bunch of dudes when he was the president that pretty much hated each other. And he put them all in the same cabinet. And then he would just put them in the same room and he would say, hey, we need to figure this out. Do what's best for the American people. And if you guys don't figure it out, don't come out of that room. And lo and behold, the guys figured out how to do things. And they learned how to work together and they became that strong team because Abraham Lincoln, as the leader, was able to take all those different personalities 
and help them to work together. So if you are doing it the right way, if you want to be one of those best leaders, what the best leaders will do is they'll work themselves right out of the job. And that's difficult because most leaders want to become better, right? But they, 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 want, they, want, they want to get better and they want people to get better, but they just don't want people to get better than them. I want people that are going to be better than me at the things that they do on the team. That's my mantra. I want to be like Henry Ford. I want to get the most out of people who are underneath me and the people that, that I'm leading, knowing that they're better at so many things that I can't do. And my job as a leader is to help them get better and, of course, do the things that I can't. Leaders, you cannot live in the insecurity and say, oh man, if I get this great person, he or she might take over. Well, maybe, but if that's the case, that actually just makes your leadership lid you know, get even higher. But again, that's probably something for another podcast. We definitely need to talk more about the leadership lid. So you have to be that kind of leader. You have to put others into their strength and gift zones. You need to find others who are better than you. You need to bring them alongside you. And you need to let them do what they do best. And trust me, you will thank yourself for it, but they will thank you for it. Yeah, as you're kind of talking through that, this uh, there's this concept that, that Jocko Willink talks about all the time, which is checking your ego. And hmm. it just it really just made me think that when individuals, specifically leaders, don't learn to check their ego, that's where that mentality of wanting people to become better, just not better than them, really right. kind of comes into play. It's, yep. it's that ego portion. So we're just about out of time for today. And I think we have said this could be another podcast, a significant amount of this <laughs> podcast. So before we go, Mo, do you have any final thoughts for us? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd say this. I'll always lead with, with empathy. Um, what's funny, Scott, is earlier on you talked about empathy and I thought, I was thinking, you know, a few days ago, my closing thought was going to be empathy. I had no idea that you were, that you were going to be talking about that, but that is an important part of being a leader. You need to remember that your people are not just a cog in the wheel of your great success. The best leaders are going to understand the needs and the concerns of those that they work alongside and people don't work for you. They work with you. Okay. And help them to make decisions to be better people, not just for work but just better in general. I hate to hear when others are experiencing burnout. Now, that's, again, Scotty, a, a, <laughs> a podcast all in itself, and we will talk about burnout and what that looks like. But I'll tell you this. If your people are experiencing burnout underneath your leadership, <laughs> you're doing something way wrong. Leading with empathy means learning and understanding and walking through life with them, not just at the job, but outside of the workplace. And that's going to take a long time to develop, but it's your job as a leader. I uh, cannot wait for that podcast about burnout. Uh, I, <laughs> I will have a lot to say about that. <laughs> sure. So, uh, well, everyone, that, that kind of brings us to the end of this episode. So if you enjoyed listening to us today, we would encourage you to rate, review, subscribe. Feel free to share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic as well. Also, feel free to reach out and let us know what topics you'd like to see covered in our future episodes. We have these episodes and we repetitively through them say, oh, this could be a podcast, this could be a <laughs> podcast, this could be an episode, but let us know what you want to hear. So we want to engage you. Reach out, let us know. So thank you all for joining us today. Hope you'll join us again next time. We out.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Make sure you visit us at rtclc.com. And don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out.